Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looks like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. It's Thursday, January 27th, and on today's show, covering my early 2022 redraft rankings, taking a look at some of the risers and fallers compared to how we finished up draft season in 2021. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we're continuing to pump out content here on the Warzone Network. So if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It helps out the show. And it's a free way to do it. Just takes you a couple minutes. So I always appreciate those reviews. Uh, full disclosure, just a note, I am recording this a little bit early due to some logistics. So I'm recording this prior to the divisional round games. So if any big news or uh, changes come out from this uh, upcoming weekend for me, you guys already know about it, but it won't be reflected in this podcast. So just a note there. Again, keep continuing to tune in. We got the rookie rundown coming at you every week you got the dynasty war zone of course on wednesdays in your podcast feed and the smackdown will continue to be a thursday show for you guys wherever you're subscribed so stay tuned in let's dive into this thing so in essence what i did here was i ranked uh my top 30 around at each position but on today's show i'm going to highlight the top 12 quarterbacks and tight ends and my top 24 at running back and wide receivers i'm going to note some of the biggest movers fallers and then some of the new players into the top 24 12 at their position so let's just start with the quarterbacks here is my top 12 early top 12 for 2022 I do have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at the top one and two I think they're pretty close but with the rushing ability that we saw from Allen and Mahomes just you know still being otherworldly but not to the extent that he was just a few years ago he, for me he falls to number two but this is obviously the top tier at the position. So we have Allen and Mahomes at one and two, Justin Herbert at three, Lamar Jackson at four, Kyler Murray at five. So you got those rushing quarterbacks at four and five. After that, it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. I have Deshaun Watson at nine right now, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Hurts. So some of the biggest movers uh, from this group, Justin Herbert moves up from seven to three. Uh, what we saw from him in his sophomore campaign was uh, – was just another great performance that can't be overlooked. The thing to note with Herbert is if he loses Mike Williams this offseason, who is a pending free agent, that could impact Herbert's ranking maybe a spot or two because right behind him, having Lamar and Kyler, those guys have the bigger upside, even though we've seen some of the downside from those two QBs over the course of the last couple seasons as well. When you look at the a few other biggest movers, you have Tom Brady jumping up four spots as well. If he's playing... He's going to be a top 10 quarterback. His pass attempts were through the roof this season, obviously up there in the league leaders and attempts, yardage, and touchdowns. 
the health of, and situation of Chris Godwin will also impact Brady's ranking as well as Godwin is a free agent, but also coming back off of the injury. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He moved up a couple spots, but his landing spot could make a difference as well. Deshaun Watson is the only new player inside the top 12 this year. He slots in at number nine for me. Obviously, we don't know his legal situation or landing spot uh, yet, but if he is on the field in the NFL in 2022, he is a top 10 quarterback uh, pretty easily. In fact, he'd probably move up a few spots depending once we know the landing spot for him. Last quarterback I'll touch on before jumping into a few of the guys that fell out uh, of the top 12 or saw a, uh, a fall, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, he was actually another mover inside the top 12. He moves from 13 to 11. I like Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. And the fact of what he's doing in the playoffs, again, pending whatever happened this last weekend uh, against the Titans, we've, we've seen a great run from Burrow. His weapons are awesome, and I don't think you can overlook that. But I do think you can cap his upside just a bit due to the fact of he's not going to run the ball. Uh, we've seen that now over the last two seasons. Uh, and, and for me, when you look at his game log, he only had three games over 22 fantasy points for a QB that that's not studly performance, right? And, and two of those games came against the Baltimore Ravens, whose defense was in shambles. So while I like Burrow to take another step as far as consistency goes in 2022, I'm not yet ready to anoint him in that Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray range as far as the upside goes. But I still like Burrow, and he's new to the top 12. So Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow are two new players to the top 12 at the quarterback position. The two uh, biggest fallers for me overall were two two guys that ended up falling outside of the top 12 uh, versus my 2021 rankings. And at number 13 is Russell Wilson dropping seven spots. Mr. Consistency year after year, but this last season, hopefully it was just due to the injury in the second half, but this guy struggled mightily. Uh, there's going to be a shakeup there, I think, as far as that offense goes. And, and Russ's status in Seattle is a little bit in question as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. But for right now, Russell Wilson slots in at quarterback 13, dropping seven slots. The biggest faller in my rankings compared to 2021 is Ryan Tannehill, dropping eight spots. Uh, we saw really good production from him after those first couple of years in Tennessee, but this last season just wasn't a fantasy starter, really, when you're looking at one QB leagues. He falls to QB 16 for me. He'll be in that streaming category. We'll take a look at what Tennessee does in their offense if they add any more weapons. Uh for 2022 that could bump him up a few spots but for me he falls behind what is known for me as the Kirk Cousins line right is is Kirk Cousins to me is just your you know ho-hum he's going to be a low-end QB1 probably but you take him a little outside of the top 12 and he'll he'll probably perform for you without much of an issue Tannehill is just behind that for me so lots of interesting things to keep an eye on this position with some of the landing spots from Rodgers and Watson and Wilson and then obviously what we expect as far as what for these rookie quarterbacks uh, with two of them getting new head coaches uh, this offseason, it'll be interesting to see when you keep a status on Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence as well. So there you have it. Those are some of the quarterback movers. Let's move on to the running back position. Covering the top 12 first, then I'll go 13 through 24. The top 12 for me, early 22 rankings, is Jonathan Taylor 1, Derrick Henry coming in at 2, Austin Eckler at 3. I still have Christian McCaffrey at RB4, followed by DeAndre Swift at 5. 6 is Alvin Kamara, 7 is Joe Mixon. Najee comes in at number eight. Dalvin Cook uh, falls a bit to number nine. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Elijah Mitchell. What jumps out to me with this top 12 is for me right now, there's eight running backs that I really like. Uh, stopping at Najee Harris and the, and the first guy out as far as that tier goes would be Dalvin Cook. 
I have some concerns about Dalvin Cook and what we saw from him this season. I still think he has at least one really good year in him, but I'm just not sure that he's that elite top five running back when you look at some of these other players. Uh, as far as uh, Saquon Barkley in this group too, he was one of the biggest fallers uh, for me. Uh, he dropped six spots. He's down to number 11. In consensus ranking over at Fantasy Pros, he's even further down. Uh, I want to see what this team does as far as their offense goes. It was really concerning that the fact that this that Saquon's workload was extremely limited in the second half when you factor in that you know they brought him back, and this is a team that didn't have much to play for, so why is he out there if he's not close to 100%? Uh, so going to be paying attention to a lot of the offseason reports with Saquon Barkley. One of the new players as far as even inside the top 24, but also obviously a new player inside the top 12, is going to be sophomore running back Elijah Mitchell. He established himself in that San Francisco offense. He was on fire whenever he was on the field for the 49ers. And I think unless there's a major shakeup there uh, in the offense, I think having him at number 12, well, I don't, I'm not super excited to have him there. I think it is pretty obvious that he has just as much upside as any of these other guys. Um, and it feels weird to say, but maybe even enough security there. I loved what he was getting as far as his share of the workload there in San Francisco. Uh, as far as inside the top 12, another big mover that uh, w- that jumped inside the top 12 from just outside was DeAndre Swift. Uh, for me, last year, Swift came in at number 15 on my uh, in my rankings in August, and for, he jumps up to number five. I like him in that Swift, Kamara, Mixon, Harris tier. Uh, I think what we saw from Swift being, I think he was fourth among running backs and receptions, and that included him missing games. This guy was heavily involved. I think the timeshare is a little bit concerning, but that's pretty much going to be the case for almost every single one of these running backs outside of probably just the guys at the very tip top in JT and Derrick Henry. So for me, Swift is a guy that I think has a lot of upside. Uh, when you look at somebody like Joe Mixon, who just came off a really, really big year, I still think we just we might have just seen his best season. I think that the better days are ahead still for DeAndre Swift, and I love his involvement in the passing game. was a premier player there. So uh, that covers your top 12. So again, 10... It wrapped up at 10 was Chubb, Barkley, and Elijah Mitchell. 13 through 24, some new faces here to the top 24. Some just coming back due to the injury. But at 13, I have Cam Akers. 14 is Javante Williams. 15 is Antonio Gibson. 16 is J.K. Dobbins, followed by David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. 19 is Aaron Jones. 20 is Clyde edwards Lair. 21 through 24 is Michael Carter, Travis Etienne, Leonard Fournette, and Damian Harris. So covering the... The uh, let's go to the good first. So some new players at top 24 for me this season, Cam Akers, just coming back from the injury, that running back slot, whoever is the guy for the LA Rams is going to have a ton of fantasy value. I love what I've seen from him already. Again, this is recording before their divisional round matchup, but 17 carries in the wild card round for Cam Akers was unexpected for me. And I like what I saw from him and he's a do it all back. Um, What Sony Michelle did in an offense was, in my opinion, a little bit capped just due to his uh, lack of ability to contribute in the passing game. Uh, but I think Akers, can, he can do it all. And this is an offense that's going to be in the red zone a ton. So I like Cam Akers at, wide, at running back 13, new to the top 24 for me this year. Another guy just right behind him is Javante Williams, jumped 12 spots compared to where I had him ranked at the end of draft season in 2021. Williams does have the concern of what they do with Melvin Gordon. Uh, last week, Dallas mentioned when we went through our rookie sophomore draft, uh, Melvin Gordon looked really good, and I agree with him. I, I think what Melvin did for the Denver Broncos in 2021 shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, Melvin Gordon's, I think he's going to be 29. 
next season, but that doesn't mean he can't have one good year in him with splitting carries. And if the Broncos see an opportunity there to bring him back at a team-friendly deal, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I don't think Javante is going to be the only show in town. They will sign someone, but if that running back's name is Melvin Gordon, Williams might bump down just a couple spots for me in my redraft rankings. Not as much in Dynasty, obviously, but for redraft, might move down just a couple. Um, if it's pretty much anyone else, if they go with Mike Boone or some other free agent running back uh, that isn't as high as Gordon, in my opinion, then Williams will probably stay just about here, maybe even bump up a spot or two. Uh, a couple other new players to the top 24. There's four other running backs that are new this season. J.K. Dobbins, another injury situation there, but I think he's going to be the guy in Baltimore, assuming full health. Michael Carter jumps up 10 spots from his rookie ranking. I like what he did in New York, especially in the passing game. I think he can solidify himself as the uh, go-to back there for the Jets. Travis Etienne, he's obviously new due to injury as well. James Robinson being hurt elevates Etienne to a player that I love targeting in round four or five again this season. I think there's going to be some upside there despite the fact of the offense. And then the last guy that's new to the top 24 this year is Leonard Fournette. He jumped about 15 spots for me compared to where I had him last year. I think when we talked about 2021, the Tampa Bay backfield was, well, is Ronald Jones going to get the carries? Is it going to be playoff Lenny? We saw that not only did Leonard Fournette lead that backfield in carries, he was heavily involved in the passing game, thanks to Tom Brady be under center. Fournette is going to be a pending free agent after the year, and I think that the playoff run for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will impact how they view Fournette as far as giving him a contract, or even on the other side, how much Fournette thinks he deserves. If Fournette lands back in Tampa Bay and he's the lead back, honestly, I think he's going to jump over a few of these guys that are ahead of him at the moment. But I conservatively had him ranked at 23 in my rankings, jumping up about 15 spots. All right, some of the biggest fallers and the guy that fell, guys that fell outside of the top 24 compared to last year. I mentioned Saquon Barkley already. He dropped six, six spots. Antonio Gibson, he was a top 10. He was at RB10. He was a top 10 running back for me last year. I think he's just a solid RB2. I just don't see him. He didn't take that step that I needed to see from him uh, in 2021. Add in the fact that there is a lot of question marks around that offense, around that quarterback situation. So while I think Gibson is going to be a, a solid running back too. I just think there's other running backs that have more upside than him, i.e. Mitchell, Akers, and Javante, who are ranked ahead of him right now in my early 22 rankings. A few other fallers. Aaron Jones, uh, he drops 11 spots to RB19. I don't love what I saw down the stretch with that being a more even split, especially when you factor in that A.J. Dillon was the one getting the goal line touches. I think it's going to be very important here to watch what Green Bay has either done in, in this round or going forward, if, if, assuming they moved on, again, recording this early, because if Dillon continues to be featured again, I, there's going to be concern for me that Aaron Jones is on the wrong side of a timeshare there, despite him being extremely talented and could still put up fantasy numbers. That upside is going to be capped. Clyde Edwards, Elair dropped down six spots for me. Honestly, I think there's some of these guys that have some questions around them that could hop CEH uh, and maybe even including some of these rookie class because I don't know that I've really liked what I've seen out of CEH given the opportunity and not really taking the reins there in Kansas City. Uh, there were also, sorry, here we got seven other guys that fell outside of the top 24 compared to last year. So I'll highlight a couple of those that were still inside my top 30. Ezekiel Elliott, he dropped big time for me. He was my biggest faller overall as far as the guys that I ranked uh, in the top 30. Zeke was a top five running back for me. He was RB4 last year. Drops all the way to, for me, running back 27. Uh, I don't love what I saw from him last year. He was really propped up by the double-digit touchdowns. Now, if he's in a situation where it's a more even split with Pollard and he's still getting the goal line work, 
he can probably fall into up a couple spots where I kind of have guys, a guy like Damian Harris, but I just don't love what I saw from Zeke as far as on the field. Uh, he was playing with an injury. I get it, but I just think his explosiveness is, is it's done. It's over. He will be on the Dallas Cowboys due to his contract. So that's not going to change anything up, but I wouldn't be surprised even if going into the season, he's as healthy as he's ever been. We get those reports, but then we start seeing Tony Pollard sprinkled more and more and more. And in that second half, it's a Tony Pollard show with Zeke just getting the goal line work and, and honestly, probably zapping the upside of both these running backs as far as 2022 goes. But for me, Zeke is a big time faller. Miles Sanders also fell outside the top 24, dropping five spots for me. Currently have him slotted in as RB28. He's a flex running back for me right now. Uh, still waiting, still waiting on that uh, 2021 touchdown. Never came. Uh, the other five running backs that fell outside the top 24 for me, some of these guys were just based off of injury and change of circumstance there. But Chris Carson, Chase Edmonds, that Arizona situation is going to be one to watch. You, you might have noticed I don't have James Conner inside my top 24. These running backs in Arizona, there's going to be a lot of shakeup due to free agency. So we'll see who they bring back and how that situation pans out for the Cardinals. But Carson and Edmonds outside the top 24 now. James Robinson due to the injury. Gus Edwards uh, due to J.K. Dobbins coming back. And then Miles Gaskin because his name is Miles Gaskin. So he will no longer be in my in my top 24. So there you have the running back position. Some of the risers and fallers there. Let's take a look at the wide receiver slot. Uh, four new faces to the top 24 this year. Obviously, that means four dropping out. But the top 12 did shake up just a bit. And here's how this one looks for me. So uh, wide receiver one through 12. I'm keeping Devontae Adams at the tip top. Let's assume That's assuming, though, he is in Green Bay and he's still paired with Aaron Rodgers. I just think he has the safest floor to continue to produce at an extremely high level. Cooper Cup doesn't fall too far after his unbelievable 2021 season. His upside is still there paired with Matthew Stafford in, a, in an offense that should remain pretty much intact. Cooper Cup is number two for me as obviously a big-time riser of 12 slots. Wide receiver three for me is Jamar Chase, jumping big time, 19 slots compared to where he came in uh, heading into his rookie season. We've seen what this kid can do. The only real concern is, is not necessarily uh, the production, but just the volume just a bit. If he's, not, if he's not getting as many catches as some of these other guys around him, uh, that could prevent him from being wide receiver one as far as in people's rankings, but you got to love what you've seen from this kid. Justin Jefferson comes in at number four, up a few slots for me. Tyreek Hill drops just a bit, but he's still wide receiver five. When he was on the field, he was still producing at a high level. Um, I just don't know that he has that contention to be wide receiver one, but um, he's obviously still going to be a fantasy monster. The, the biggest mover in my rankings, and this is just due to my non-belief, I'm sorry, once again, but Debo Samuel, uh, it's it's a little bit risky. It feels like it because of the volume and you're relying on some rushing production there that may or may not continue. But for me, Debo Samuel jumped up from outside my top 35 all the way to number six. I like, I'm going to keep an eye on what that offense does as far as the quarterback situation. But I think Debo is going to be a top 12 option in 2022. AJ Brown is right where he was for me last year. He comes in at wide receiver seven, followed by Stefan Diggs, who dropped just a bit. The targets were there, but the production just took a little bit of a fall. I think also, too, for me, when I'm looking at Stefan Diggs, he's that cutoff point for me of the guys I still feel really, really good about. I just some of these these options of uh, with Cup and what Chase and Jefferson have done. I think they've leapfrogged Diggs as far as the upside goes. But I still think Diggs is a very solid wide receiver one option next season in Buffalo. Nine through 12, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf, Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. With C.D. Lamb, a lot of negative pub on him right now. I totally get it. He actually went up a few slots for me, but that has more to do, I think, with some of the other guys that were ahead of him last year. 
Uh, going to keep an eye on that Dallas situation, though. A lot of things could change for the Cowboys with pending free agents Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup. Cooper Cup having a cut up, or sorry, not Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper having a cuttable contract, and Dalton Schultz also a free agent. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. But also, I think the biggest factor is do we continue to see this Cowboys defense improve or at least hold to where they were in 2021? One of the big factors about loving the Cowboys from a fantasy perspective last year heading into the season was that their defense was horrendous the year before, constantly playing catch up. I still think CD Lamb, though, is a top 12 guy. Again, Lamb, Medcalf, Keenan Allen, the forever man. Uh, and then Mike Evans. Mike Evans made a big jump for me. Wasn't really a believer on him last year. But uh, if Tom Brady's still there, I think Mike Evans has to be a borderline wide receiver one. 13 through 24. T. Higgins. Chris Godwin, obviously dealing with the injury. He would be higher if, if uh, he could have a Cooper Cup-like return. Um, and also, we got to keep an eye on his landing spot. So T. Higgins and Chris Godwin at 13 and 14. The upcoming sophomore season for Jalen Waddle slots him in at number 15 for me. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the biggest fallers for me, dropping 12 slots down to wide receiver 16, followed by Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper. And then this is where what I'm going to call the Moore line. In 19, I have Elijah Moore, who I love the upside from. What we saw from this kid during his stretch in the middle of the season was unbelievable. I think there's a lot of upside there. And at number 20 is DJ Moore, who honestly I want no part of, but you can't sneeze at his target volume that you saw last season. But the dude just scores four touchdowns. That's all he does. So he is uh, he's the line where I kind of feel I'm okay grabbing this guy as my wide receiver too, uh, but I don't love the upside as opposed to Elijah Moore. I'm a little bit hesitant about his floor, but his ceiling I think is much higher. At 21 through 24 is Terry McLaurin. Michael Pittman Jr. comes in at 22. Tyler Lockett at 23. And as of right now, I have Calvin Ridley slotted in at 24. A lot of question marks around where he will play next season. So taking a quick look, at that top 24, highlighting some of the new faces. The four new faces for me it, that jumped inside the top 24 compared to last year. Mentioned Debo Samuel. Jalen Waddle jumps 23 spots. I love what I've seen out, see out of him last year. I think his upside could just be a little capped based off of his lack of vertical game, but his volume is obviously there, and he's still finding the end zone. Elijah Moore, and then Michael Pittman uh, jumps a bit as well as in that nice wide receiver two range. Some of the biggest fallers that, that were still inside my top 24 uh, compared to last season. I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. I don't love what I saw from him, that he was kind of propped up by his touchdowns this season. The volume really dropped, and obviously dealing with that injury banged up multiple times throughout the year, and which ultimately ended his season there in Arizona. I still think he's a guy that you can count on, uh, not, not like what we saw from Julio Jones this last year. I think Hopkins isn't going to fall off like that. I'm just not sure that he should be treated as an uber elite anymore. Terry McLaurin drops 10 spots as well to wide receiver 21 for me. Uh, I did not like what I saw from him last year. We've seen constantly from him over the course of his time in Washington that he's been able to overcome bad quarterback play. That did not happen in 2021. So that's going to be a landing spot that we're going to have to keep an eye on for the quarterback position uh, in 2022. And then the the next biggest follower was Calvin Ridley, which he I was super high on him. We'll keep an eye. He's going to be a guy that moves a lot this offseason as far as my rankings go. I think this is a guy that still is extremely talented. I want a piece of him. And if he lands on a decent offense, he's going to jump way, way up the board. Uh, just there were four names that fell outside of the top 24 with some of these younger players moving in after nice seasons. Uh, those players are Allen Robinson. Got a landing spot for him potentially if he's moving on from Chicago. Robert Woods due to the injury. Julio Jones being due to being old and not very good. And then Juju Smith-Schuster because uh, my blinders have finally been removed. Juju will no longer be in my top 24. And he will be on the move more than likely this offseason as well. So 
Last but not least, let's touch on the tight end position. I'm going to cover my top 12 here, just like I did for the quarterbacks. I got three new faces to the top 12. Um, and uh, we're going to kick it off with the guy that I still think should be tight end one, and that is Travis Kelsey. Continues to put up big numbers year after year. I know he's getting up there in age. From a dynasty perspective, you may be concerned. From a redraft perspective, there shouldn't be any. This guy's the tight end one. I do think that the gap has closed a bit when you look at, for me, the next four guys in my rankings, but I still think Travis Kelsey is the guy that you're going to take first of the position if you're going tight end early. Now, obviously, it's early. It's January, but... For me, it's Kelsey, and then two through five is really close. And as of right now, I'm going to take a shot on Kyle Pitts as the tight end two in redraft. I like what I saw as the volume goes for this kid. The talent level was definitely there. And if he added just a few more touchdowns, even just a reasonable amount, this kid would would have been right up there with everybody else as far as on a points-per-game basis. He only had the one touchdown last season. So I think Kyle Pitts has a ton of upside, a lot more room to grow. And when you factor in some of the what's looking like maybe a little bit of a slide on the Kittle and Waller train, maybe even if it's out of their control, quarterback play. I think Pitts, while his quarterback play isn't necessarily going to improve either, I just think another year in the NFL is going to turn this kid into a superstar. Uh, and I'd like to be, I'd like to take a shot on that upside rather than hoping that things can hold on for Kittle and Waller as an example. So these four guys after Kelsey, I'm, pretty much okay with in any position but these are the five guys i want i want one of these guys on my team if i'm if i don't end up with one of a top five tight end i'm going to be concerned we'll talk about that as far as draft strategies go uh as we move through the off season so kyle pitts is tight end two for me followed by the dude that came on as a monster late in the season mark andrews tight end three now here's the concern i did a quick look at this with lamar jackson in his games with lamar he was averaging 12 and a half fantasy points and half ppr very solid Top six tight end, still a tight end one, and a guy that you want, you feel good about the tight end position on your team if you own Mark Andrews. But in this, in those last five handful of games, without Lamar Jackson, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, was putting up ungodly numbers. I'm not sure that's sustainable regardless of the quarterback is, but you got to make you wonder just a bit, what is the true Mark Andrews? For now, I'm still putting him at a tight end three. George Kittle comes in at four and Darren Waller at five. Kittle can obviously have those big-time explosive games. The injuries, at this point, we need to be bringing it up. He continues to miss a few games here and there. But when he's on the field, he's really solid. But if they go Trey Lance, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Darren Waller, his touchdowns evaporated this season in addition to his late-season injury. But I still think on a talent level, he needs to be here in this top five. And this group that I want to walk away from my draft with one of these names. So it's Kelsey Pitts-Andrews, Kittle-Waller. After that, the rest of these guys, I don't really feel that good about, but here we go. TJ Hawkinson at six. Cross your fingers that that whole thing works out in, was this year three, year four for him? Got to see it, TJ. Dallas Goddard at number seven. Gronk, assuming he's back, is going to be at number eight. Tyler Higby at nine. Dawson Knox, uh, he's new to my rankings at all. I didn't really have him inside my top 20 last year, like most people. He comes in at number 10. Mike Kosicki, the target monster, who is also a ghost at times, he will be potentially looking for a new home as well this offseason. So for him, a lot of question marks, but he's still tight end 11. And then Logan Thomas uh, is at number 12. Again, anything after five, I don't feel great about. And really anything after seven is uh, a big time question mark. So some of the biggest risers and fallers here at the tight end position. Uh, as far as risers go, Gronk for me, just because if he's out there and healthy, I still think he can be a top 10 tight end. Uh, and then for me, Dallas Goddard as well. I like what I saw from him when you factor in, obviously I'm comparing draft rankings from 2021 heading into the season. He still had Zach Ertz at the time. Now that Zach Ertz is no longer there, 
I think you got to look at Dallas Goddard as a top eight option and feel good about it. For me, though, I just feel like he doesn't have that top five upside yet, but he's close. Him and Hawkinson are in that tier together for me. As far as some fallers go, uh, Logan Thomas was a was tight end eight for me last year. He's just barely holding on uh, to being a top 12 tight end. And uh, the three tight ends that fell outside the top 12. So the newcomers to the top 12 were Gronk, Knox, and Gasicki. The three guys that fell out were Noah Fant, who might be the tight end two on his own team, Jonu Smith, we won't talk about that, uh, and Robert Tunyon, right? The, the guy that was just hanging on to touchdowns that evaporated as could be expected. Um, he was tight end 12 for me last year and now unranked. So overall, I think when I'm taking a look at this, if I can take have some high-level takeaways, the quarterback position was extremely predictable last year. Yes, some of the names shuffled around, but when if you look at the top 12 in ADP and the top 12 finishers, they were pretty damn close. Um, I still want to get a rushing quarterback if I can with upside, but when you look at the non-rushing quarterbacks, quote-unquote, there's a really good group there when you figure Dak, uh, Stafford, Burrow, uh, and then even, you know, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, those types of guys are going to be readily available and guys I'll probably get at running back. I've talked about it already. If I don't get one of the Uber elites, I'm just going to bail out on that first round. And for me, that tier for right now is just three guys, Taylor, Henry, and Eckler, uh, the McCaffrey Swift Kamara group at that point, I'm really questioning whether I just take a receiver over those guys and not necessarily risk it. Um, when I'm looking at the position as of right now, there's still some guys I like in that 20 to 20. 528 range even and when we haven't even added the rookies yet so still some room there at the running back position for some mid to late round value at receivers there's a lot of guys i like here and i'm probably going to take a lot of them early uh that top eight or so is extremely solid and all the way down from eight to wide receiver 19 and elijah moore i love the upside on a lot of these guys but a lot of questions still to be answered when you look at quarterback and landing spot with these guys and at tight end like i just mentioned i want a top five guy it's end of story could Hawkinson or Goddard move into there? Maybe we'll keep an eye on it. But for me, it's top five or bust. Outside of that, I'm punting away at the position. So there you have it. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Really quick, coming at you with my early uh, 2022 rankings. I'll be back next week uh, with another show here on the Fantasy Football Smackdown, Wednesday night, uh, live on YouTube, and Thursday in your podcast feed. So with that, hopefully you guys have a good rest of your week. And I'll catch you guys next week. I'll see you. 